Trump's blood oxygen levels were dangerously low during COVID infection, according to former top aide Mark Meadows writes in the chief chief about the seriousness of the former president's infection and how staff secretly arranged delivery of treatments to the White House. I'm going into the article. The story was first broken by the New York Times. So I got I to take that with a grain of salt because just because it's on the Internet doesn't mean it is true. Right. So I'm not I'm not presenting this as a fact and anyone that listens to this show. And if you're new to the to the time slot, before I get into that, shout out to everybody listening on W.O.L. In D.C. on 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 fourteen fifty. Or ninety five point nine F.M. We're we're excited. I am I am James Lewis. I'm the host of the Lance Day Radio Network, aka the Paragon of Sports Talk Excellence, aka the Heisenberger Broadcast Radio, aka the Wolf of Wall Street. And we're very excited. We got we got move. We're on we're on the seven p.m. time slot, and they've moved us up to eleven a.m. So we really want to get to a, a wider audience. We talk a lot of sports. We talk a lot of healthcare. We talk hip hop. We're about the culture. As my co-host. DJ Rampage, first lieutenant of the Universal Flip Mode Squad, would say. But we're talking about COVID today. And in the book, The Chief Chief, which was released last week, Meadows writes that the president was put on oxygen in his residence at the White House hours after announcing on October the 2nd that he had tested positive for the virus. The direct statement was although the president's condition had improved slightly overnight, his oxygen levels had now dipped down to about 86% and could be trending lower. Now, that's 86% is not good. The, the typical oxygen level that most of us have, and, and even he writes, the, the typical levels are 95 to 98% for healthy people. Meadows, who also tells in the book of Trump's positive COVID test result, days before a presidential debate with now President Joe Biden, wrote that the White House medical team asked him for help in getting the president to the hospital. I was worried that the notion of him going to the hospital in his mind would seem like an act of capitulation. Meadows wrote, according to the Times, and I was right, Entering the residence, Meadows writes that he saw the president in bed wearing a T-shirt and making phone calls. It was the first time I had seen him in anything other than a golf shirt or a suit jacket, he writes. If it hadn't been for the oxygen tank by his side, I, I might have forgotten he was sick at all. Although Trump was reluctant to leave the White House, Meadows convinced the president to seek treatment at Walter Reed National Military Medical Center. It's better that you walk out of here today under your own strength your own power, than for me to have to carry you out on a gurney in two days. Meadows said to him. Now, Trump is, he's, he's trying to debunk this. He said it was fake news, all of that stuff. I don't, have a, I don't have a dog in the fight for Trump politically, so I'm not, I'm not looking to politicize this. I don't think that COVID is a red state, blue state thing. 
COVID kills Democrats. It kills Republicans. It kills poor people. It kills people that have money. It kills a lot of, it's killed a lot of baby boomers and people from the greatest generation. But unfortunately, it's killed a lot of people my age, people in their 40s, people younger than that. This we know. All of us has lost someone that we loved to COVID. I've been through that experience. I've had COVID. And I know how difficult it was for me to come back from COVID. Really took me down, not into the hospital. My life wasn't endangered, but I was really not in good shape for about six to eight weeks. It would have been difficult for me to perform my normal duties for work. Fortunately, everybody was out on leave because of because of the severity of 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 the coronavirus. We're on national lockdown, so I was able to work from home. And it wasn't too disruptive to, to my ability to put food on the table. But there's no way when I had that thing that I was getting up, getting dressed, putting a suit on, getting in my car, driving 30 minutes, going into my office and sitting there for 9, 10, 11 hours a day. That was not going to happen. So I'm not politicizing this. It's not. I don't know if that story is true or not. Metals, it, it, he has a book to sell. I don't think that he would sell as many books if he said, hey, you know, President Trump was really respectful of the virus. and He was an awesome guy to work with. And he really listened to all of his doctors. And he was just an absolutely phenomenal patient. He was a model patient. You're not, you're not going to sell a lot of books with that. But I will say this. I don't trust President Trump as far as I could throw him. His reputation of pathological dishonesty, his reputation of manipulating the media, manipulating his base, lying about everything. A true liar. See, they're different, they're different stages of liar. We all, all of us, all of us, if you if you have a spouse or, or a significant other partner, and you were out of town, you was in Vegas, and you might have you might have went to the spearmint rhino and spent a couple hours and dropped 1500 bucks there. You're probably going to lie about that if your significant other calls you and says, hey, baby, you're in Vegas. What are you doing? He's like, oh, you know, I, was, I, went out, I went out and played a little bit of Texas Hold'em poker, and then I went back to the hotel. Well, you know, well, you know good and darn well that you were hanging out with Destiny, Cherokee, Caramel, and other, other names of that ilk. But there's a difference between that type of lie. Everyone lies to cover their arse. President Trump used to lie about stuff that didn't even make no sense for him to lie about. It's just like, hey, I shot a 62 when I was at Beth Page playing golf. It's just like, who, who cares? We, we know that you didn't shoot a 62. It's like Vladimir Putin playing in the hockey all-star game. We had 13 goals. We know that you're lying about that. Their, their books, Rick Riley wrote a book about how much of a cheater President Trump was on a golf course. That's not partisan. That's not, that's not the liberal agenda. That's not funded by George Soros. I, I knew this guy once, man. Literally, he had seen on his Instagram page, some of, some of, some of his friends were going on vacation. People were getting married. People were in Bahamas. People were in Aruba. People were in Trinidad. People were going on vacation. And in his mind, he felt that he needed to go on vacation too, but he didn't really go on vacation. He actually went and downloaded some pictures because his face wasn't in any of the pictures. He was showing caption shots 
of his trip, I think to like to like uh, Turks and Caicos or somewhere like that. He's putting these captions up on his grand page, talking about, "Oh man, I I may never leave here. It's great. I got the mojito. I'm sitting on the beach. All of that stuff." Somebody noticed that, yo, it looks like there's a watermark on these photos that you put up. Like there's a watermark. <laughs> there's, there's actually a watermark that says, "Hey, this is this is owned." by one of these web developer companies that, that put stock footage out there for companies to buy when they're, when they're writing, when they're, when they're preparing commercials and you go and buy these stock footage photos of, of people in, in various places. So this guy said that, 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 that he was on vacation. There's actually a watermark on the photo that absolutely collapsed his story. And we realized that this person was a liar. And me personally, after that, I really distanced myself from this person. I was like, if someone is sick enough and needs the attention that bad that they're willing to lie about something that really is irrelevant, nobody, nobody cares if you go on vacation or not. Everybody lies when they're about to get in trouble. You're lying about something to keep up with the Joneses. I was like, I don't really want to mess with somebody like that because you're a sick person. We can't follow these false prophets. You got these false prophets like President Trump that lie. Remember, you remember President Trump said, you got to dominate COVID. I dominated it. You died from this thing because you didn't dominate it. You got to dominate it. You got to own it. You got to be strong. You got to show strength. We're Americans. Raw. You know, simplify. Well, then you come to find out if this is true, he wasn't actually dominating it. And I'm going to be honest with you, I've studied COVID and, and, and had more experience with it. If you're, if you're rolling an 85 in oxygen and you don't have good doctors, you're going to die. You cannot maintain an oxygen level of 85. And once your oxygen goes down to 85, you're in serious trouble. Not as bad as being a 79, 76. I mean, you're definitely at the end. But 85 is serious. 85, you're heading towards the ventilator. Getting vaccinated doesn't guarantee that you're not going to get COVID. Doesn't guarantee that you're not going to get really sick. Doesn't guarantee that you're not going to die for it. Doesn't guarantee that you're not going to spread it. Doesn't guarantee that someone that you love won't get it. But beware of these false prophets. When you got people like Trump, we we do know that that he was allowing the Newsmax, the OAN crowd, the wackos to assault Fauci for encouraging people to get vaccinated. I'm not a, I'm not a big Fauci fan. Just trust me. This is not this is not the house of Fauci. This is a, par- uh, uh, a parody of the House of Gucci, the movie that just came out with, with, with Al Pacino. Al Pacino's getting really, really old. He's looking really old. Like Al Pacino is old enough to look like the person that they used to make him look like with special effects and aging makeup. Like he really looks like that now. But I'm not saying that Fauci and Burks, these people that, that they haven't lied or or partaken in, in, in cover-ups and stuff. But I do think that they're giving you common sense. Go out and get vaccinated. You know, Trump was he was playing to his base and being against vaccinated. But what what his base doesn't understand, what I understand being in healthcare for my basically my whole adult life. When Trump's oxygen levels dip down to 85, guess what? 
He got an ambulance escort first class to Walter Reed Hospital, which is one of the best hospitals in the country. That's where the people that come back from Afghanistan, they get their legs blown off. They get the prosthetics there. They get the best treatment and love and tender care as our veterans who've served this country and risked everything for this country should. You don't get that. When your blood oxygen level goes down to 85 you're getting a BiPAP machine and you're getting a consultation about going on a ventilator. And once you get on that ventilator, who knows what's going to happen? Your life isn't your own life. You're completely dependent on someone to take care of you. You're hoping that, that your lungs will heal and they're able to take in oxygen. So beware, I'm just saying, rather you think this story is true or not, but where are the false prophets? Trump was a false prophet. He told you to dominate it. Truth is, he wasn't dominating it. Lance J. Show. What makes me want to say? to the Blanche J Radio Network. Now, my kid Frankie's gonna go with you and he's gonna keep an eye on you, make sure everything goes right. Now, you see that guard that brought me in here? Huh? He's been taking care of it and he's gonna set it up in his joint to get me into the water. And all you gotta do is be there with the boat to pick me up. Look, Tony, this is not exactly the Listen, the contract's already down on your pile. The guys, the guns, the line pits already dug. You understand what I'm saying? And from in here, just one button I push. You are listening to the Lance J Radio Network. As a former quality executive who has literally retrieved and coded millions of charts, I've worked with our new partners over at Episource for many years and am proud to now serve as a brand ambassador and part of their product development team. Episource is a global industry leader in chart retrieval, coding, quality analytics, and in-home assessments. For information on Episource, go to www.episource.com and fill out one of their contact forms to request a demonstration. You are listening to the Lanch J Radio Network. Watching, they played the Celtics last week, and LeBron was was balling. I, I was I was watching them, and I noticed two things. And anyone that's listened to this show knows that I'm a staunch defender and, and lover and, and worshiper 
of Michael Jeffrey Jordan. I'm 43 years old. If I saw Michael Jordan at the airport, I would start giggling and screaming like a little schoolgirl, and I would I would run up to him. Like people would run up to Jesus Christ when he would be walking through villages in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And I would just want to touch the hem of his garment. That's a little bit extra, but seriously, if I saw Michael Jordan, if I was like at, at Midway Airport or, or LAX or somewhere and I saw Michael Jordan, I would I would definitely walk up to him and try to get a selfie and try to get an autograph. And he'd probably tell me to bleep off. Michael Jordan has a history of telling people to bleep off. But you never know. You could catch him on the right day. To me, he's GOAT. Like, I'm on a chat. We all have chats with our friends about sports. I don't even, we don't even type Michael Jordan in the chat that I'm on. We just put a GOAT emoji. Him and Brady are the only two people that get GOAT emoji. So if it's a football conversation, GOAT emoji means Tom Brady. If it's, if it's a basketball conversation, GOAT means Jordan. Jordan is kind of the GOAT of all GOATs. He's above Tom Brady. So in a in a regular context, if I just wanted to measure up, when I when I put a goat emoji out there, I'm talking about I'm talking about Mike. But I was watching LeBron play, who was about to turn 37. And I was like, look, the way that LeBron's playing at 37, the the longevity LeBron's had in the league, comparing him to Jordan is it's getting more and more reasonable. It's reasonable to compare him to Jordan. Now those that listen that are millennials and younger and didn't really see Jordan play. LeBron's definitely the generational goat to them, just like Kobe was the, the goat to the, a lot of people a little bit younger than me. And these power rankings and the way that we view individuals, a lot of it comes from your era. People, My dad's era was like Will Chamberlain was the goat. And my uncle's, it was like Magic and Larry. We're, we're the best ever. People think that, that Jerry West, Elgin Baylor, we're in that conversation. But I'll tell you this, no perimeter player has done what LeBron's doing. I mean, he came out, he had an easy 30. He's hit threes. He's obviously been working on his jump shot. He was working on his mid-range. He was hitting mid-range shots. He was working, hitting the jump shots. He was taking the ball to the rack. He was running full speed. He did not look like a 37-year-old. I know after the game, he commented, he said, hey, you're only as old as you are in your mind. And that's not true because in my mind, often I think that I'm 30 or 31, and when I get on the court, I realize very quickly that I'm in my mid-40s. And after playing for 15 minutes, I realize for the next five or six days as I'm trying to get out of bed that I'm in my mid-40s. That said, Lakers aren't very good. Anthony Davis is a major disappointment. I know that Barkley has been banging on him. I know that the other guys on the TNT crew, Shaq, Kenny, have been banging on him. All of the pundits, Stephen A. Smith, all been banging on him. Basically saying that, hey, AD, you want to get Coach Vogel fired. And I talk all the time in a salary cap league, I talk all the time about max players, whether it's football or basketball. What, what constitutes being a max player? Who's a max player that, to me, I look at a max player in basketball. I think LeBron's a max player. Maybe not anymore. Curry was a, Curry's a max player. 
These are guys that if you pay them top dollar, Giannis, Kawhi, these guys have won titles that have been MVPs in the finals that have taken teams as the alpha dog. I don't mean the Scottie Pippins of the world. I don't mean the guys that are really, really, really good number twos. I don't mean the Al Gores of the, of the sports pantheon. I'm talking about the greats, the Kobe's. Before that, the guys like Magic and Bird, guys like that. Hall of Fame guys. I don't know if you're Carmelo Anthony's. I don't know if that's a number one. I don't know if you can pay a guy like Carmelo Anthony, even when he's in his prime. Can you pay him top dollar? Can you pay Logo Lillard top dollar? I know that he wants $50 million a year. I love watching Damian Lillard play. But is he transcendent? Like, he has teams that, that go 44 or 38. That's not transcendent. Just because he can pull up from 50 feet and it's cash, does that necessarily mean that he's a max player? And I don't think that AD is a legitimate max player. I don't see that in him. I think for a max player, you've got to get more than just someone that puts up 25 and 10. I think AD's putting up 24 and 10. But you got to get the leadership. You've got to get the defensive play. You've got to get the face of the franchise. You've got to get strong in the locker room. You've got to get strong with the media. You've got to get strong in the community. You know, Russell Wilson in Seattle is a great example. He's on the fringe of being a, a max player, but he's a Hall of Fame caliber quarterback. He's great in the community. He brought the only championship to the history of the Seattle Seahawks franchise. So he's going to win that argument with Pete Carroll. Like him and Pete Carroll don't like each other. And Russell Wilson's going to win that battle because he's the face of the city. He's great with the media. You don't got to worry about Russell Wilson coming in fat. And speaking of fat, I'm not a fat shamer because I'm not, I'm, I'm not the slimmest of, of, of middle-aged men. However, I have been losing weight. I did put on an XL, not a 2XL shirt the other day, and it fit perfectly. I'm feeling pretty good about myself. But I'm hearing reports that Zion, and once again, I said in the last segment, you can't believe everything that you hear on the internet, but I'm hearing reports. People are saying Zion Williams' son is up to 320, 325. I know he's had a foot injury. He's been out. He hasn't played, but Zion Williamson is going to have to lose a significant amount of weight. We can't get into, hey, you're, you're coming in at 285. If you can get down to 270, he's got to get down to 240. If he wants to have a long career in the NBA, now we see that he can ball. He can ball at 300 pounds. He's still nice. He can Oliver Miller it. He's better than Oliver Miller, obviously. But this guy's 21, and he's already north of 300 pounds. That, that metabolism hasn't gone into retrograde yet. So what's going to happen when he's 26 and that metabolism starts to slip? He's got to make the commitment to being in shape. And I know that he has a foot injury. There's probably limitations on what he could do to exercise. But he's got to make the commitment to be in shape. He's a professional athlete. I'm fat. But I'm not the franchise player for the Pelicans. I don't have to play a back-to-back against the Golden State Warriors and then the Portland Trailblazers. So I'm not shaming Zion Williamson. I'm just saying that I'm encouraging him. He just he really has to get in shape. He has the athletic ability, the smarts, the heart. I think that he could do it. He's got to come to a crossroads. If he doesn't get his weight down, he's going to be someone that was a big guy that, that abused people when he could play. 
He's going to have a six-year or seven-year career that's going to be marred with injuries. If he gets down to 240, then he's Charles Barkley. He's going to have a longer career. He's going to be more successful. He's going to win an MVP. He's going to compete for a championship at some point in his career. But the greats, they always make the sacrifices. They always stay in shape. And you can eat as many apple fritters and Oreo milkshakes at at, at Chick-fil-A as you want when you retire. You can eat whatever you want. But you got an 8- to 10-year window. You got to take care of your body. I know Joel Embiid's been through that. You got to make the sacrifices. Kobe made the sacrifices. Tom Brady makes sacrifices. These people that are great, they don't eat like me and you. They eat better because they need to perform better. But back to the Lakers. I'm looking at that roster. I'm looking at Brody. I'm looking at Brody missing threes, clanking threes, abusing, uh, committing child abuse on the backboard. I'm looking at LeBron playing 50 minutes a few weeks. Let's talk about Frank Vogel getting fired. He's going to fired on the spot playing LeBron James for 50 minutes in an overtime game that they lost. That's, that's insane. I look at that roster for the Lakers to really be what we expect them to be. AD's got to be the lead dog. LeBron can't be the guy that carries that team night in, night out. He's not going to, he can't be expected to score 25, 26 a game. If you're expecting someone his age to be 25, eight and eight, that's not realistic. AD's got to step up and say, this is my team. He's got to get on the block He's playing 15 feet, 20 feet away from the basket. He's got to get out of that. And quite frankly, I'm not sure that he has the heart, the mentality, or the cojones to actually do that. I think that AD is a glorified two. And in any sport, if you're if you're got a quarterback coming up for a re-signature, if you're if you're an NFL team, and you pay someone like Dak Prescott or you pay someone that's really good but not great, you pay them top dollar, I think you're sending your franchise back. It's business. You have to be shrewd. You, you can't do much things that are worse in a salary cap league than pay a good player like they're a great and elite and transcendent player. And I think that's what you're seeing with Anthony Davis, and I think you're going to see the Lakers suffer because of that. Lance J Show. Paragon 7 Studios. He's the Paragon of Sports Talk Excellence. The Heisenberg of Broadcast Radio. The Wolf of Wall Street. You are listening to James Lewis III, host of the Lance J Radio Network. When I'm not doing the health cast, I consult for many startups and ACOs who are new to the healthcare business. Episource serves Medicare, commercial, and Medicaid plans with an experienced risk adjustment team that cares about results and building partnerships. With the largest health plans and healthcare organizations as clients, Episource aims to obtain the best medical chart retrieval rates, the highest coding accuracy, and the maximum level of project satisfaction. For information on Episource, go to www.episource.com and fill out one of their contact forms to request a demonstration. Rampage, the first lieutenant of the Universal Flipmode Squad. You know what? I didn't tell you this, Slants. 
I went to Hampton. What? What? Yeah, I went to Hampton U. You went to Hampton? Yep. Man, you, we've been doing a show together for a whole year. You just pull it out that you went to Hampton? I never went to class. I was just oh, partying. So you, so you enrolled at Hampton? James Lewis. You didn't I actually, enrolled at Hampton. You didn't actually go to Hampton. Well, I had a couple of good friends. They all went to Hampton, but and I was just sleeping on their couch, so Man. I went to some of the classes. You are listening to the Lance J Radio Network.